Hello and welcome to the Performance Audit Report. This is episode number two. My name is Yusuf Muller. My name is Connor McGarity. In this episode, as we foreshadowed in the previous episode, we are going to talk about our key takeaways from the NSA conference for those outside of the US. NASDAQ is the National Association of State Auditors, Comptrollers, and Treasurers in the US. One of the two secretariats that NASDAQ manages and that fall under NASDAQ's umbrella is the NSAA. So that's the National State Auditors Association. The 2022 NSA annual conference was held at the Omni Hotel at the Battery Atlanta from June 8 to June 10. Of course, the topics discussed would have covered several types of audits. So we won't be discussing any of the sessions that were specific to financial audit or to single audits. But we will be focusing in this episode on the sessions that were relevant to performance audit and our takeaways from those. The conference started with opening remarks from Greg Griffin. Now, Greg is the Georgia State Auditor and was then president of the NSAA, so he welcomed us all to Atlanta, which was fantastic. Following Greg's opening remarks, we heard from Mark Miller. Mark is a senior executive with Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A, for those outside of the U.S., is a fast food chicken organization. As Mark says, he sells chicken. And they're an extensive company throughout America. So Mark was there talking about smart leadership and, in fact, some in-depth evaluation that his company has done of leadership traits over the years, what they look like, what they determined in terms of leadership traits that could be applied to senior leaders in other spheres. And that obviously included the auditing community. My key takeaway from what Mark had to say was that leaders need to overtly demonstrate resilience or their people won't demonstrate it and they can't actually expect their people to demonstrate resilience if they haven't overtly demonstrated that themselves. So from the opening two sessions, those were the key takeaways. The next session relevant to performance audit was later that morning. So this was titled Conducting Performance Audits Using Machine Learning and Location-Based Data, delivered by a team from Kansas. Chris Clark, who is the legislative post auditor, Kate Graeber and Andy Brienzo, who are auditors in the office. So this was a really interesting first session. The team discussed two separate audits that use data, one of them being location data and the other being the use of machine learning. Both were insightful. My key takeaway from the session was that it is encouraging to see more advanced use cases. For example, the machine learning enabled assessment helped evaluate the Kansas Department of Labor's response to COVID-19 unemployment claims. So in short, and with some paraphrasing, the audit team reviewed about a thousand samples of claim applications and used the result of that review to train a neural network. They then applied that neural network to find potential fraud. So this sort of technique, and importantly, this sort of approach and thinking can be applied quite widely. As an aside, the Kansas team can have a podcast called The Rundown, R-U-N-D-O-W-N. We've listened to a few episodes and we would recommend it. Most of the episodes dive deep into individual audits. There is an episode on this particular audit as well. And then in the afternoon, so after lunch, nice and fed, there was a session titled Recruitment Strategies to Get You Through the Great Resignation. So while this session was not PA specific, it is highly relevant to the recruitment of auditors and performance auditors, of course. The team from the North Dakota Office of the State Auditor explained the various recruitment strategies that they are using. The key takeaway for me was that the approach is multifaceted. So, you know, there's no silver bullet, but there's various interactions where they combine in-person and social media outreach, and these all work together to help improve recruitment outcomes. 
The team also encouraged all of its staff, and in particular more senior staff, to improve their online presence. So, for example, starting with having a photo on LinkedIn and making sure that it is reasonably current. So a lot of the recruitment doesn't necessarily come directly from social media, but social media plays a part in people thinking about whether they want to be joining your organization and trying to get a sense of the culture of the organization before deciding to apply for jobs within your audit office. Okay, and the last session for day one was the Emerging Issues Roundtable, and that was moderated by Justin Stowe from Washington State Auditor's Office. So essentially this was an open session for the more than 200 people at the conference. There were lots of fantastic discussions here, far too many to mention in a short podcast episode. Few key takeaways for us. Most offices are actually facing similar challenges, including recruitment and retention of quality staff. There was extensive discussion about this and a couple of interesting solutions or innovative approaches that some of the audit offices had taken. For example, one of the offices talked about introducing a new statute within their legislation that allows that audit office to fund part of a student's university fees for their accounting degree. And the quid pro quo there on the student side is they then agree to spend a minimum of two years working at the audit office after they graduate. We thought that was a really interesting approach, an innovative way to hook in those students early and obviously works for both sides. So another approach that some of the offices are using more and more to assist with their recruitment is out of jurisdiction or out of state hires. Several of the state auditors general spoke about looking interstate when they're trying to recruit. And to support that recruitment process, they're actually moving more and more to allowing their employees to be based in other states. There are a few sticking points with certain states whereby they have disallowed audit staff to be based interstate, but it does seem to be becoming more and more the norm and acknowledged as an approach that they need to pursue. Overall, there was general agreement that state auditors are find it difficult to meet the salaries of the large accounting and advisory firms when it comes to recruitment. I think that's not uh, an issue isolated to the states. That's felt all over. Another issue that was prevalent among the state auditors, as they discussed, was the fact that it's really difficult to find people with data skills. And there was discussions between state auditors about how exactly they firstly attracted those people or how did they train their people with data skills or if they did attract them, how did they keep life interesting for them. Some more general observations. Several of the state audit offices asked for more money from their legislatures to conduct extra work as a result of the COVID pandemic, and they were funded to do that extra work. Another interesting fact that we observed was there was discussion among the state auditors that agencies are seeming more willing to push back now on audits, perhaps relying on COVID as an excuse. And this was a particular issue for when some state auditors attempted to get performance data, and in a couple of extreme cases, ongoing legal disputes on foot between the state auditors and some of the auditee departments as to what information they are allowed to obtain. And then to wrap up day one, we had the evening reception at the pool deck. It was an informal sort of casual gathering just to sort of wind down after the day. So the hotel we were staying in, I think we mentioned in episode one, we were really lucky. I looked into the Atlanta Braves Stadium and that night they were actually playing the Oakland A's. So we were lucky enough to be able to watch this game from the pool deck. There were a couple of key takeaways from that. Baseball looks like more fun than cricket. Sorry to all our 
Aussie listeners out there or UK listeners and cricket fans world over. We also bent the ear extensively of our colleagues from New Jersey State Auditor's Office who patiently explained the basic rules as well as the advanced rules to us. Thanks, Dave, for all the education on the knuckleball. And thanks, Tommy and Brian from New Jersey for educating the ignorant Aussies. So that was a really good casual way to wrap up day one. On Thursday, the main session that we attended that was relevant to performance audit was around the growing topic of cyber. So this was titled Cyber Threat and Identifying Risks via Audits. Joseph Holloway from the Georgia Cyber Center spoke about cybersecurity in Georgia. A couple of the key points that I took away from there were around broadening the focus from just data security to critical infrastructure and control over industrial control systems. Joseph also spoke about insider threat and mitigation. So cyber is now obviously one of those topics that many audit officers and auditors general have either as standing agenda items or that they will consider as one of audits. Many audit officers are either looking into this or have looked into it over the last few years. And in the case of Washington, the audit team have recruited dedicated cyber auditors. And we spoke about this in the episode with Scott Frank a couple of weeks ago. So we won't go into too much detail there. And then we had another evening reception at the pool deck and we watched another Atlanta Braves game. This time they were playing the Pittsburgh Pirates. The one that Connor spoke about earlier on the Wednesday, they won 3-2 against the Oakland A's. And this one, they won 3-1. So we watched two winning games from the home team, which is nice. One of the things I learned today, Jessica from 2020 Services, a training provider, quietly corrected me. I kept calling it a match. And she said, uh, no, we don't say match in the US. We say game. So don't say that to anybody. So thank you for that simple faux pas correction. Okay, and then we moved on to day three of the conference. And after the initial opening session, we moved to what's known as the NSAA's Excellence in Accountability Awards and four categories for these awards that they hold every year. First category is the Small Performance Audit. Second category was the Large Performance Audit. Thirdly was the category for Special Projects or something unique or innovative that's been undertaken by a state audit office. And lastly, the fourth category was the forensic reports, so some forensic work that's been done by state auditors. Okay, so the Small Performance Audit Award winners this year was the California State Auditor's Office. So in the fall of 2020, the State Auditor began a review of their Employment Development Department's oversight of the state's unemployment insurance program. And this was obviously as a result of extra funding coming federally because of the pandemic and so forth. So the objective of the audit specifically was to assess the department's response to the increased risk of fraud during the pandemic. And they looked at allegations such as imposter fraud, which occurs when a perpetrator uses someone else's personal information to fraudulently collect benefits. And they evaluated the department's overall efforts to detect that type of fraud as well as others. What they found was the department didn't take action to bolster its fraud detection efforts until months into the pandemic. And as a result of that, the data showed that it paid about $10.4 billion, that's with a B, in claims that has since been determined are potentially fraudulent. And about $1 billion of that $10.4 billion, the auditors found, was paid for suspicious claims as a result of that department removing key safeguards 
or internal controls against payment fraud, particularly where claimants were making claims on their identities had not been confirmed. So we're talking really big numbers there of potential fraud and significant deficiencies in internal controls or safeguards that previously had been in place. Excellent report. Moving on to large performance audit. This award was won by the Washington State Auditor's Office assessing the culture at their Department of Fish and Wildlife. And the objective of their audit, it was conducted in essence in response to publicised incidents of sexual harassment and ongoing concerns from stakeholders in Washington about the overall culture at the Department of Fish and Wildlife. The audit didn't find evidence of highly sexualized culture. Instead, they showed staff who were really committed, enjoyed many aspects of their work, as you'd expect, but still maintained real concerns about ongoing unprofessional behavior, ongoing communication breakdowns across the agency, and general lack of confidence in management's ability to address those same concerns. So ongoing general issues. Importantly, this particular audit did use some really interesting techniques to gather and test evidence of culture. And they are based on expert input from a psychologist. And some of the methods they employed were in-depth interviews to identify initial themes, surveys of staff. And then they took what they termed a cultural anthropology approach. So really interesting. This report is definitely worth a read. In the third category, so moving on to special projects, the winner here was the Utah Office of the State Auditor. They won for their Project Kids, as they named it. So this was a sort of a special in-depth performance audit of public education that was presented ultimately in interactive visualizations. And some of the data they used to populate these visualizations are collected from the Utah State Board of Education, local education agencies and Transparent Utah, which is their open data initiative. So what they did was they used data from those key systems to allocate expenses right down to the student level and analyzing spending using a bottom-up approach. So the issues they'd previously faced or the unknown was that schools didn't actually know how much they were spending per student on various aspects of their schooling And as part of this project, the state auditor created numerous dashboards and put it on their website where they've actually broken down spending by subject and across a whole lot of variables. Interestingly, during the conference, there was recognition among a lot of the state auditors in the room that this was a new approach to really granular evaluation and visualization of education spend and performance that maybe hadn't been done anywhere previously. So again, really interesting approach really transparent outcomes, granular analysis, definitely worth a look at that report. Finally, the last award category, the winners here were Oklahoma State Auditor and Louisiana Legislative Auditor. They shared the award for their respective forensic reports. So Oklahoma investigated fraud related to the establishment and funding of an education provider that was government funded, while Oklahoma investigated fraudulent pandemic-related payments involving their fire department. So quite different audits, but both excellent pieces of work that demonstrated some really complex and detailed forensic investigation work. Both have led to some criminal indictments. So we'd encourage you to go and have a look at some of those fantastic reports, if you can.
As part of the conference, the new president was elected, and that's Mr. John Garagosian, the State Auditor of Connecticut, and apologies if I've pronounced that name incorrectly. But what will happen next year is that Mr. Garagosian will host the NSA 2023 conference in Hartford in Connecticut, and that I think is scheduled for early June 2023. Obviously, we can't do justice to a two-and-a-half-day conference in less than half an hour. And apologies if we've misinterpreted or misstated anything that was presented at the conference. Wrapping up, really useful conference, good discussions between the sessions. Of course, lots of good presentations within the sessions that we could learn from, both in terms of content, but also in terms of some of the risks and some of the challenges that state auditors are seeing. Whether you're in the US or outside of it, it would be worth heading across there to listen and interact and get to hear from states that are presenting on their work. Thanks, Yusuf. Thanks, Connor. The Performance Audit Report is produced by PA Reports, the Performance Audit Research Division of Risk Insights. PA Reports helps streamline and accelerate your performance audit research, bringing to you relevant insights that can help your audit get off the ground faster.